even us adults are just like kids. We, we don't really learn something just by someone sitting here talking to us. We actually learn by doing it ourselves. We learn from our actions and our mistakes. So that's why I'll tell people, yeah, go for it. Welcome to the Keto Heroes Podcast, where we discuss the best strategies to massively improve your keto lifestyle, your mindset, and overall growth as an individual. I'm your host, Handsome Ayoa, and joining me this week is Maddie. She's a well-known keto coach helping hundreds of moms improve their health and overall well-being. She focuses on making the ketogenic lifestyle a practical approach full of enthusiasm and innovative recipes. On this week's episode, we're going to cover overcoming the keto flu, the best foods and tools to replenish electrolytes stored on keto, and much more. Enjoy. Maddie, thank you so much for being on the show today. So great to see you. I'm glad to be here. Uh, yeah, Maddie, we've seen you grow a lot over the past few months, you know, and um, it's been really great to see you grow. And, you know, perhaps just to step back a little bit further, Tell, why don't you tell our listeners and our community, like, what is it that got you into this health space, into the keto space? How, and how is this so important to you? You know, my grandmother, at 76, passed away with diabetes. And I saw her go through, you know, she had kidney failure. And I saw her go through dialysis. And I saw her fight the diabetes. And she had a thyroid condition as well. Mm. And that's something that I have is a thyroid condition, the same thing that she has. Thyroid and diabetes can play hand in hand. Mm. And the other thing is, is not her not being able to see her great grandchildren and seeing what she went through, even on her last day was like, you know, just something that I didn't want to experience. And it was the same road I was heading down. So that's what ultimately led me to start thinking about keto, but what mm-hmm. led me to start keto was my little girl told me, mommy, I have a, mommy, you have a big tummy. And I changed the next meal. Like I, there was no looking back. I changed. And, you know, a lot of times I would tell myself, you know, yeah, I'd make excuses. I'd lose 10 pounds and then I would reward myself with food. And I stopped that. I actually rewarded myself with like a new pair of workout leggings. Mm. And then I just finally said to myself, okay, let's just see what happens. Like, I think I feared change and I have no idea why. And I still can't figure out why I feared change because it's actually, you know, on the other side of fear lies great success. Yeah, so, totally. and that's, that's kind of what happened. So, but once I did that, I, you know, started losing the weight, I had more energy, I had less anxiety, less depression, I felt better with myself, you know, I had a better relationship with my husband, with my children, it was just, you know, it's an incredible feeling, in that moment, you know, like, you don't give up, is a truly empowering feeling, especially being a mom, too, you know, you have two little ones to take care of, they're age two and four, and I wake up every morning and get my workout done. I make sure I do the healthy choices, prepare their, their meals too. So it's not all easy like people think it is. You know, you have to focus every single day on your nutrition, on your workout, on your health. You know, do I still get cravings some days? Yes, I do. You know, and I know keto is supposed to take away cravings, but, you know, we're human. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. But we have to learn how to control those cravings so but my biggest advice is just stick with it don't make excuses and just do the work and results will come wow yeah i love that i mean it's a very very insightful story you shared and probably not the easiest to cope with i think it's very hard especially when uh, you know when when you're forced sort of when you when you kind of notice okay there is no way there is no other way like i either do this or it's going to go down the road Right. And it's really great to see you overcome that. And, you know, it's really one thing you touched upon, which really struck uh, me was the fact that how much of an impact one little message can have, like your daughter telling you, well, you know, just just like a little silly comment, but how much of an impact it can have. And it's so incredible. Like when you heard that, like, what was the first step you, you actually uh, did? Because I can imagine, first of all, you you may like many people starting out really that they feel confused and they don't really know well where do i get started like what do i do like what was it that got you 
Where was your first fixed point? Like, where was, okay, I got to do that. My first step was I got on Facebook because I know that's community. And mm -hmm. when you surround yourself with like-minded people, that's when you're going to succeed. So um, I joined a keto group, just like I have, keeping it keto or a keto mom's group, buttered up babes. Um, so I have that. And then whenever I joined that support system, you know, you ask questions and they were there to answer it. They were there to make sure you didn't fail. And when you joined that support community, that was huge. Now, I did start low carb. I didn't start out with keto. <laughs> and keto actually, I accidentally was doing keto and I had no idea I was even doing keto. Oh, wow. My macros, I started, I was like, okay, let me just do low carb. I'll just cut out everything, cut out the sugars because that's what this group is telling me to do. Okay, I'll do that. Then I started feeling like really good, started getting the headache and I'm like, man, what's going on? And so I posted in the group my symptoms and they were like, oh, you have the keto flu. And I'm like, what's keto? <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> so I started doing the research on it and then I started tracking my macros and all along I've been eating keto and I had no idea. So wow. like I was eating the lower, cause I was eating actually 50 grams of carbs, which is actually 20 net carbs. Mm. So, and I couldn't figure out how to get it any lower. And I'm like, this is really hard to do any less than 40 net carbs or 40 grams of regular carbs, which is, you know, that's keto. If you can, if you count like the regular carbs versus net carbs. And I was actually doing 40 total carbs. Yeah. And I think what, uh, what's really interesting is that you found the regular community and something, somebody yeah. uh, who held you accountable. And I think many people need this. Especially, and you talked about something really important about, you know, you started low carb, you didn't start keto. And I think uh, that's really interesting because people always tend to want too much too early, you know? Yes, the uh, instant gratification. Exactly. And perhaps, I don't know, could you perhaps uh, elaborate a little bit on that and perhaps provide our listeners with a little bit more insight on how was that transition? You, you, you're now there in the group and you discover, well... <laughs> it's like this keto flu. Like, what is this thing? Um, <laughs> how did you fix that? Like, I can imagine, you know, having having ever, you know, having never heard of keto, it probably was something really crazy at first. Yeah, you know, it was. It was like, you know, I did the research on. I'm like, man, this is extreme, but it's really not once you get into it. But what I did was I actually had the keto flu. I wasn't feeling good. My husband was at work. I actually called him and said, I need you to pick up a Powerade Zero <laughs> on your way home. <laughs> And I had, that's what they were telling me to do. They told me to drink pickle juice. And I was like, I'm not going near that stuff with a 10 foot pole. And I finally decided to try pickle juice. And it was, it's like the green goddess of drinks. It really it's works. It's an instant. Like if you're looking for instant gratification on the keto flu, then pickle juice <laughs> Wow! Yeah, I haven't tried tried that myself. Honestly, I'm I, I gotta give it a try. I think it's really know, good. Actually, it's gonna be more of a mental barrier, I must say. <laughs> but wow, very interesting. Yeah, is it because of the uh, because of the um, electrolytes in the yeah, sodium in it? And whenever you get the keto flu, the sodium is where is what your body needs because the mm -hmm. carbohydrates we deplete our bodies of water. So the sodium was where you're going to get those muscle cramps is where the headaches are going to come in, the nausea. So once you get yeah. that sodium in, you're good to go. <laughs> With that right. Yeah. No, I did. I, I my favorite is Parry Zero, and I still have it to this day, just because it does help with like my sweet cravings, and I still get sweet cravings to this day. Mm -hmm. But I'll have that in the afternoon, and it kind of just like okay, it helps. Um, <clears throat> the other thing, pink Himalayan salt, which is loaded in, um, sodium and trace minerals. Trace minerals are really good for hair growth. Mm. And then, um, what else did I use? Um, I've recently found too, the cream of tartar 
has 400 milligrams of potassium per teaspoon. What? So it Whoa. is a really good additive to like eggs or your smoothies. Mm -hmm. um, it does have a little bit of a sour taste, so I recommend it like on meats mm -hmm. or even in your, you know, you can do it in a drink, whatever, but it's actually a really good additive to get your potassium up. But what a lot of people don't know is a lot of foods already have a, a good amount of potassium especially like almond flour has like 150 milligrams per two or per three tablespoons, I believe. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, you're getting potassium, but if you're low on it, especially during that keto flu state, cream of tartar is one easy way along with your green veggies. Um, yeah. I mean, and magnesium, you need that magnesium too. That's another one, Yeah. you know, so magnesium, salmon, nuts, that's a really, you know, and then magnesium, is it citrate? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yes, yeah. magnesium citrate before bed because it will make you sleepy. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I think that's the uh, what you. Uh, I think that's the form of magnesium which you can uh, most rapidly absorb. Actually, yeah, not because not not all magnesium is equal. <laughs> you know, Cause, yeah, uh, no, yeah, it's not. I've right? heard I've heard many people also try like um, salt baths or also uh, mm -hmm. like magnesium creams. That's really interesting. Like yeah, that would be. Many marathoners actually do that. That after the race, they kind of rob some some magnesium. Oh well, yes, yeah, muscle yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's crazy. And you know, I think um, especially in the first beginning stages, many people tend to for uh, or sort of feel overwhelmed. You know, because they th think, okay, I'm going low carb. Like, okay, what the hell do I eat now? <laughs> like, I basically cut off eighty percent of my foods. Like, what do I do now? And I think. That's really interesting because then when you go grocery shopping, it's like, well, why do I do, what do I eat now? And especially now with the electrolytes, now that we've talked about the greens, salmon, all that stuff. Um, what, what was like the first or what, what foods would you really consider to be sort of um, imperative? Like what is your, what is always on your top list when it comes to the keto shopping grocery? Top list, I will have to say, Honestly, recently avocados, mm. that's been huge because they are loaded in potassium. There's more potassium in those than there is a banana. So, yeah. um, I do like those. Um, I almond butter is huge on my list because it does contain a good amount of magnesium, potassium, iron, almond flour, because, you know, especially going from the standard American diet to keto, we are always trying to look for things like to replace that bread-like texture. Mm -hmm. Almond flour and coconut flour can be huge and save your life. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That is huge. Um, always spring mix. Spring mix is loaded in potassium. Salmon. I always like to get a salmon because it is a fattier fish. Hamburger is always stocked in my uh, freezer because it's so easy. Like, And I even like doing butter on my hamburger as well to mm -hmm. add more fat to it. It's yeah. actually really good. Um, eggs are always a good source, rotisserie chicken, cauliflower. Um, I always recommend to like stay to the outside of the grocery stores, especially if you're going to Walmart or something like that, because they'll put all that processed stuff in the middle aisles. Mm. Just stay to your outside of the grocery store. Yeah. Well, that's a, like a really good tip, especially when it comes to like, you know, temptations, you're kind of walking through the aisles and out of the sudden, oh, there's a little, uh, a little Fruit Loops over there. Oh no, there's like the cookie over there. And out of the sudden, you know, you go out of the grocery shop and then yes. you find yourself, uh, you find your bag full of like uh, little treats and stuff. It's really interesting. It's really interesting that people need to kind of avoid those completely, you know? Yeah, they really need to, especially like the, even like they go down those aisles and see like the sugar-free Russell Stover's candy. And what they don't realize is that sugar alcohols, they'll see those sugar alcohols and be like, oh, I can deduct all those. When in reality, when your body absorbs those sugar alcohols, they split and turn into sugars. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. So that's what happens with those sugar alcohols. So even like sugar-free Little Debbies or sugar-free cookies, they're going to still have a grain in those. So they're going to be most likely usually made with like a rice flour which that's a grain, so we can't have those. I recommend buying um, erythritol, which is a keto-friendly sweetener. It's, mm. I believe it's derived from a raspberry, erythritol is. I believe that's right. Yeah, I, believe, I haven't really yeah. known the origin, but I know that erythritol is like a really great source when it comes to the yes. sweeteners. Stevie as well. Of, yeah, I recommend that and make your own 
you know, treats, make your own treats. Mm -hmm. Don't go out and buy them. Um, and I have a lot of good recipes on my Instagram, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, those are great. You know, <laughs> like many of those, which I personally, yeah, my most recent was the cheese ball, the chocolate chip cheese ball. Oh gosh. Yeah. Please don't even get started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I believe many people when they go uh, keto or when they adopt any sort of diet, whether it's like paleo or just simply low carb, they always try and as you already touched upon, which is this, I got to find a replacement for that. Like I got to do keto friendly pizza or I got to do like keto friendly cookies, you know, too. Um, and I believe um, it has to do a lot with like the mental aspect and, you know, the commitment you uh, connect with that, like really how determined you are to actually make a change because too many people especially when it comes to the social environment i think that's something that really helped you personally when you got into this group this society this support yes. many people lack that many people lack the support they lack the social environment that keeps them accountable and i know you have helped a lot of people with that overcome uh, i know you're you have you've helped a lot of mothers yourself like um how to overcome that and what would be like number like one tip you could share with the audience and how to keep yourself accountable if let's say you don't have that that uh that social environment around you how to keep that's a good that's a good question that's a hard one because i don't know maybe um your best bet would be start looking up motivational quotes mm -hmm. and tape them to your bathroom mirror tape that before picture to your bathroom mirror maybe buy a pair of pants too small for you and try them on daily that would be like the one thing i could tell you or book a vacation and tell yourself this is what i have to do to fit in this bathing suit and mm -hmm. buy that bathing suit and you're ultimately going to reach that goal but your biggest thing is a support system i will say that yeah it's really important it's really important to just surround yourself with, you know, with the right people. You know, um, me personally, coming from a very athletic background, I competed at, very, at a very elite level here in Germany uh, in soccer. And one thing that I learned is that, you know, if let's say you run like a like a hundred yard dash, you know, with people that can run as fast as you, I mean, you'll win. You no, no doubt, no question, you'll win. But if you run with people that are much faster than you, you might come in last the majority of the time, but your time will be better, you know? I agree. Because they're making you, you're, they're making you run a little bit faster. They're making you, they're making just, you're making them dig down just a little bit more. And that's really important because people then, uh, when you surround yourself with the right people, even though you're not as good as them, or even though you're not as advanced, they're still pulling you to a certain degree. I love that topic you talked about, like book this vacation, like buy a bikini and just like, you force yourself basically to either do, I love that. And people need to make this, what I really like to do when I have a goal, I spread that. Like I say to the people, I put it out there and make it, I yeah, make it private public, make the private public basically. Did you do that as well for yourself? I didn't because me, I always struggled with the losing the weight part. And I always mm. struggle with not sticking to something. And I was like, no, I will share this after I stick with it for three weeks because you lose motivation in your first week and a half. And I did. And I can feel myself being like, no, I don't need to do this today. And that's where my mindset, like you have to shift and it becomes discipline. Mm. Do I, I mean like, and then once that happened, I became disciplined. And then I was like, okay, three weeks then we can start sharing. So I started sharing a little bit and you know, I didn't get much, but I didn't actually start a support group to kind of really share what I was doing. Like I would share with my family and friends, but I didn't start that until let's see five months into my journey. Wow. So that was actually in May. So it's, we're coming up on one year of my keto group. Wow. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. But, I, don't know. I mean, sharing definitely if you feel comfortable with it. I, I mean, I think that's fine. Um, and it does. I know it will hold people accountable. Or maybe if you don't feel comfortable sharing it with public, like tell your good friend or your neighbor, hey, I'm sticking to 100 days of keto or something like that. You know, you find someone that you can hold like an accountability partner. That's huge, though. 
Wow. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot of courage to um, really um, stick to that by yourself because um, it's not easy. You know, you have a goal and you have a certain drive behind that. I, th I think with you it was, uh, you know, your daughter really was the drive. And, yeah. and, 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 and then, you know, it's not easy once you have the motivation aspect. However, when you have a certain drive behind that, a certain purpose, I like to call that always, that drives you, you know, it's really great to see that. And have, like, is, that a, is that a topic that your clients address on a, like, regularly? This aspect of, I'm not sure if I can share because I'm not feeling comfortable in my skin as for now. Yeah, all the time. And I'm like, listen, right. sometimes, like, I remember my first was I posted in Brandon Carter's 30 day keto shred challenge. Mm. He shared my post on his Instagram. And at that time he had 146,000 followers that saw me. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, Oh crap. <laughs> but it was kind of scary, but at the same time it truly changed me mentally because yeah. it pushed me out of my comfort zone because just, you know, once you get out of that comfort zone, because you got to think of it like, if you're comfortable with something, then change is not going to happen. Mm. So once you get out of that comfort zone, once you break that, then you are going to get change. Like me, I'll share something that I did with you, did just this weekend. I broke out of my comfort zone because I was interested in carnivore. I wanted to know what the heck the whole thing was all about. So mm. I did it, did it for two days. It was hard as heck. Um, I didn't feel strong in my workouts, but it broke me outside of my comfort zone. And now I've learned that I need to increase my fats, even with all of my meals. I don't need as many carbs. Like I don't need to meet that 20 grams of carbohydrate goal. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Because yeah. carnivore is literally zero grams of carbohydrates. I had maybe one each day, one net, one net carbohydrate every <laughs> single day. And it was hard. It was hard, but it, it changed me mentally in the way I look at foods now. Yeah, like, you know, people, for, for, for people that don't know, it's like carnivore, it's like a, basically a whole either meat or animal product-based diet, really, and, which is also sort of a high fat. It's like, um, it's like high meat and, and high to moderate, to moderate fat. Yeah, it's actually not much higher on the protein. Like, my really? current... Protein macros were 77, and now mm. on carnivore, they were 88. So I really can't say it, it was a high-protein diet. Mm. My fats were bumped up 20 more grams. Wow. So okay. it was wow. actually higher fat. Like, I felt full, but mm. I didn't – like, I'm normally lifting 20-pound dumbbells and curling them. I could only do 10. Mm. So that's where I'm like, I don't like it because my strength is lower. Yeah, it, you know, the protein really preserve muscle mass, and I'm just like, I don't know, I like keto, <laughs> I miss my avocado. <laughs> <laughs> Avocado's life, baby. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, but that's really important, you know. And many people tend to think only the number on the scale matters, however. Um, as you mentioned it, there's other aspects that count, and and I loved your your analogy with the with the with the pants that you buy them two sizes too small, and you make sure you fit in that three months later, because I to me personally at least, looking yourself in the mirror and seeing the change is much more important. And same with the strength. Like I'm not gonna say to somebody stay you know, adhere to a strict ketogenic diet plan, but if I see his strength you know, becoming worse, then of course that's not going to be beneficial because, you know, there's been plenty of research highlighting that strength, like grip strength can actually be a significant foreshadow factor to, to tell how likely you're going to be to die from like, uh, you know, from overall cause mortality. And that's something people need to understand. Like you're not going to let, let your, the quality of your workouts or the quality of your health diminish just at the expense of being in ketosis or being strict keto. Yeah. You have to focus too, like on how's your energy levels because mm. you know, I'm a mom. <laughs> I need <laughs> energy. <laughs> um, I can't imagine. <laughs> is your sleeping good? You know, but the one thing on keto we have to remember too is 
we are constantly burning fat for fuel. So we may not sleep good, but we only need a certain amount of sleep. So me, I can run on five hours of sleep and be completely fine. Mm. Especially as a mom, that's pretty good sleep, <laughs> you know? Um, so that works really. I mean, it just, we have to remember too, like when you sleep on keto, like when you're asleep, you're asleep and we sleep good. Like, I don't know if you've noticed that. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I yeah. think, and also a very important point you touched on that is that, you know, people tend to think quantity of sleep is more important than the quality. Quality is way better. Yeah, it's, and I recommend too, like magnesium right before bed. That works wonderful. Oh, yeah. Like, do you do, do you have like a special, because I know many successful people have like a, a certain ritual before you know, before going to bed, before doing something like that. Do you have like your own sort of family ritual or sort of personal ritual you like to do before going to bed to make sure you sleep as good as you can? Um, <laughs> to be honest, no. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we obviously brush our teeth before we go to bed. <laughs> but usually I'm getting jumped on by a toddler or slapped in the head and that usually puts me to sleep very nicely. No. <laughs> um, I like to take, um, I do all my multivitamins right before bed because mm -hmm. I tend to forget those in the morning because I wake up early and do my workout. Um, so I take those before bed along with a magnesium supplement and the magnesium does help fall asleep. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's really important. The aspect about magnesium because many people tend to, uh, struggle, especially when they do like prolonged fasting or yes. you know, they struggle in general with, uh, with, you know, in, in general sleep issues, magnesium, you know, we know that magnesium is like a very calming uh, electrolyte. It really helps with muscle contraction and relaxation and the cardiovascular right. system. And then I, I've experienced that myself. Like uh, I used to suffer mm -hmm. from muscle cramps on keto personally. And then I started incorporating a bit more magnesium and started experimenting with that. And out of the sudden, I noticed that t when taking it at night, as you mentioned, like the sleep is incredible. Yeah, I, I get extremely sleepy on magnesium. So I really don't need to worry about any rituals, like any, you know. Yeah, as long as, as, long like, as you sleep well. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing too, like I want to throw out there too, especially if there's any women listeners listen to this, magnesium is really good if you are dealing with cramps. Um, they also use that in the hospitals to stop labor if they're preterm. Mm, wow. I actually had that. Yeah, so all your for all of your female uh, listeners out there, you can you know what to do like next time. Make a lot me. of people don't know that even pickle juice can actually help too with that. Yeah. I love that. And, you the green know, goddess again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. And there we go back to the aspect of grocery shopping. You know, like dark chocolate, all of these greens. Yes, dark chocolate. I mean, you can't make sure it's like, I always say like 90% and above. But my newfound is cocoa nibs. Mm. These things are phenomenal. I found some at Marshall's and they had one gram of carbohydrate in them. One net carb because they had nine grams of fiber and 10 carbs. I was so excited because that's what I used to make my ch chocolate chip cheese ball with. <laughs> Those were good. They're high in magnesium, high in fiber, really good keto um, addition. Many people, I think, they hear keto and they're like, wait, you can eat bacon? Like, I'm all in. Like, uh, it's baking all day. And they tend to forget about the quality of their foods. And, uh, you know, they embark on this sort of dirty keto sort of aspect. And I wonder, is this something you, you, you've come across with uh, very commonly with, your, with the people you coach? Yes. And I actually did an experiment myself on dirty keto versus nutritional ketosis. Mm -hmm. And I gained a little bit of weight with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now I'm back to nutritional ketosis to get the weight off. So not tracking your macros and just thinking it's all cheese, bacon, butter, and eggs is not about that. You need to include healthy protein sources like salmon. Um, ground beef is a really good option. Ribeye. Ribeye is one of your, you know, better cuts for a fattier steak. Mm -hmm. um, what else is there? Tuna. Tuna is a really good fish for you too. Um, make sure you're getting some iodine in there because iodine can play, you know, um, cod has a good amount of iodine, shrimp, um, 
So make sure we get our iodine in us because that can actually cause some um, thyroid conditions. Mm. And if you're cold, that's why you need more iodine. So I, always say to, I always say to people, like, if you can't uh, afford this sort of organic and grass-fed stuff, then definitely, uh, especially when it comes to meat, I say to people, stick to the leaner cuts. Because, uh, you know, the living conditions of the animal are actually more, more important than people tend to think. Right, yeah, I even think, like, um, I even do um, chicken. And I will, mm -hmm. because, you know, you have to have the fats with the protein to keep the insulin from spiking as high. Mm -hmm. So I like to do cook it in olive oil or, um, you know, you can even pair it with an egg or something like that. But I like to cook it in olive oil or coconut oil, or you can just drizzle olive oil on it whenever you're done just to get some healthy fats into your, or just an avocado or top it with guacamole, you know? Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All day long with guacamole. And it's so easy, right? Because especially when you go out, and now we can talk yes. a little bit about the social aspect when you're like with your friends, with your family. I think that can be really hard for people when they start because they think, well, what can I eat when I'm out in the restaurant, when I'm out with the family? Like, what can I do without seeming weird and having to talk to the, uh, uh, having to ask for olive oil and all of that stuff? But I believe it's so much easier than people tend to think it is. Yeah, it, it really is. How has your experience with that? What I like to do is I either go with like a burger with no bun. Um, a lot of restaurants will actually serve it, serve like a lettuce wrap with your burger. I mm -hmm. like that. Um, the other thing you can do is if you don't want to seem weird is just go straight for the cob salad. Make sure there's no croutons on it and order like an oil and vinegar dressing. My personal favorite is mayonnaise <laughs> on your salad. Mayonnaise and hot sauce, especially a cob salad is really good. But that might seem a little bit too out of the ordinary for some people. So just do oil and vinegar because that's not an odd dressing for really anyone to order, especially if you're trying to keep your diet quiet. So a cob salad is really good along with the oil and vinegar dressing. And then make sure you sprinkle some more salt on there for some added sodium. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not as hard as people might think, right? Because yeah, you got really. many restaurants offer – a lot of, they're very flexible when it comes to that. You know, you got the olive oil, vinegar, you got guacamole, like you got so many things you can incorporate into that. And one thing I personally like to do always, and this is kind of like a little pro tip for the, for the listeners out there, is like, I always like to check out the, the menu beforehand, you know, before we go yeah. out. If I have the time. Well, I look at the menu. Yeah, if I have the time, just like already kind of, okay, look, I can switch this up or I can pick this little thing out. And then that's going to make it a lot easier because, again, we come back to the, uh, with the, uh, we come back to the topic where people feel like, uh, it's uncomfortable, should I really follow this keto thing? I'm going to be like the only one, the only outsider. I don't know if you're, uh, have you experienced that yourself, the people you help, like with the... With you know what I did for a while? And I always say, like, people will ask you what you're doing because they're curious. And then give them enough time, and they will try to bring you down and not support your diet. So that's where the why comes in. And then eventually they'll ask you how you did it. Mm -hmm. So it's just the why stage is a very hard stage, especially people not supporting your journeys. That's a really hard one. But once you get to that how stage, and eventually they, they're just like, oh, okay. And, you know, now I have people like, hey, do you want me to set you out a piece of chicken on the side before I put this sugary whatever they want to put on it? <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. please. That would be great. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't, and a lot of people worry about hurting people's feelings and stuff like that. You're, you're not hurting anyone's feelings. They may feel that way, but that's not your intention. Mm. That's what I always say. You have to do you. You have to do it for yourself. Does that make sense? Just because yes. they want you to eat a piece of cake does not mean you have to put that piece of cake in your body. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've got to work on that resilience for yourself, being uh, mentally strong enough to say no, to say no, my long-term goal is much more important than the short-term gratification I get from the cake. And yeah. I think a really important topic you talked about that is don't let other people's opinion become your reality or dictate mm -hmm. your your, your actions and too many people um, 
how do you help somebody to switch that and to say, no, I listen to what I want and what I believe in that's going to help me for the better. Like, how do you do that? Or how did you manage that for yourself? Because I believe when starting out, it can be really hard. It can be because you just like, I, I mean, I remember the first time, like I wanted to just sit there and cry because it was like so hard to cope with that. But then you learn to just say, Oh, Hey, what, what's your, you know, what are you having for your dinner? I would love to bring a dish to compliment your food. You know, then, you know, you're going to have something keto there. And then if they offer you something, oh no, I'm, I'm full. You know what? I ate so much this morning or we went out last night and I really overdid the calories you can say something like that if you don't want people to know what you're doing. That's all you have to say. Like, they're not going to get their feelings hurt. Then maybe do something nice for them, you know, you know, or change the subject or go get a drink or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> or be like, hey, just wrap a piece up for me. I'll take it home. Maybe I'll eat it later. Then don't yeah. really eat it. We're <laughs> <laughs> just like, quiet, right? Just like, yeah, yeah, put it inside. I'll take it with me. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, no one's going to know like that. If you don't want people to know that that's, that's like the option you can use. Yeah, I think especially when starting out, as you mentioned that after, the, after a while, people are like very supportive once they realize, well, yeah, she's serious or he's serious and he really or she's really trying to make a, a change for the better. I think mm -hmm. it's just the beginning stages. And, you know, just like everything, as time goes on, it's just going to get better and better. You know, and, you know, maybe like I, I actually sat down and, talk to people about like why I'm doing this and once maybe they just need to know why and maybe that's why they're frustrated because I sat down and told someone listen I couldn't stay away from sweets I would sit there and I would eat and I would eat and I would eat at, like I binge ate on sweets so mm -hmm. this was my option to change like this was my only hope to get me out of there and get those cravings out of there and mm -hmm. get the weight off because I was just the scale kept climbing, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't feeling good. So that might be what the issue is. Maybe you just need to sit down and figure out why, and maybe you need to tell them why. I mean, not that you owe them an explanation, yes. but sometimes that might help people have a better understanding as to why you're doing it. Yeah. Like people, I think people are only seeing it from the outside, right? And right. once you once you provide them with the truth, because a fundamental of the ketogenic diet is really you got to keep inflammation low and you got to keep your health in control, which is of course no matter what you do, number one priority. And you, of course, I mean everybody wants to be there for their child and for the grandchildren, and we want to be strong and healthy when we when they're there, and we want to be there for them. And I think especially for somebody, um, I, know, I know you deal with a lot of uh, parents and when starting out, that can be like a huge driver. Have you found that to be in a way sort of relevant to you? Yeah, I mean like even keto because like it gives you more energy, which is a huge plus, especially with kids. The other thing is, is like you can pair intermittent fasting with keto. Mm. So I intermittent fast in the morning and I don't have to worry about my breakfast until I get the kids dressed to get their breakfast. I get my workout and take one to preschool. So it's kind of nice because, and then it also saves you time and it saves you money. So it's, I think it's a really bonus, you know, intermittent fasting, especially with keto is a really good option because you're ultimately going to save money and save time. And it'll actually keep your, it'll, it can like supports healthy insulin levels. So that's why I like intermittent fasting as well. Yeah, I mean, those two are like salt and pepper. You know, they, yeah, go, they, like, they go like hand in hand. Yeah. It's so great. So you mentioned you skip actually in the morning? Like you, you skip the breakfast? Yeah, I do. I don't eat breakfast in the morning. I haven't ate yet today, actually. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah, that's great. And um, I think, you know. I, I mean, I find it easier. And then a lot of people get good results skipping their dinner and keeping their insulin low at night. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like, I me personally, like, I prefer dinner. That's right. And right. then again, we got to go, does it, fit your, does it fit your lifestyle? Like, is it, yeah. is it right for you? Or Because too many people try to force things that they, right. they say, well, I got to go keto now. Or I got to do intermittent fasting 20 hours a day now from this time to this time. And that's just too much. 
Like you're not going to I, I agree. Like I see a lot of people starting out and like, I'm going to 24 hour fast. And I'm like, I highly advise against that mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because from my own personal experience, I actually, my first time trying a fast, I got sick and I tried to pull a 24 hour fast and I made it 20 hours. And I got so sick. I was nauseous. I was sitting. I mean, I'm sure I needed the electrolytes and I was very inexperienced at that point because I was just mm -hmm. starting keto. I really don't recommend keto, like intermittent fasting until you're fully fat adapted. So I would like wait two months before I even started intermittent fasting and then just do 12 hours and then work your way up maybe an hour each week. So 13 and 14, 15 and 16. Mm -hmm. Eventually you can get to 20 hours. I mean, I could probably... I mean, one day this week, um, I got to 20 hours and wasn't even hungry, but I was just like, I need to eat something. <laughs> yeah. I really didn't need to, but I, I did, you know? Yes, because uh, people don't forget that it's, it's a stress on your body. Like it is. Switching, switching from the standard diet, like this standard high-carb uh, diet to a low-carb diet, it's already a stress. And then people want to combine that too early with like intermittent fasting, just like... No, man, you got to slow down a little. Like, that's much. Yeah, I agree. Like, me, I started out with low carb. And then about two weeks later, I switched to keto. Uh, I was already doing keto, and I didn't know it. But, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I did still have the grains in there. Like, I did the low carb tortilla wraps. Mm -hmm. Just because it was kind of my weaning stage, I felt like. And it actually made the transition a whole lot easier going to keto, starting with low carb, I felt. I don't know what your opinions are on that, but I felt like it was easier. Yes, definitely. Like me personally, for example, I used to be that guy. I used to eat like, you mentioned fat and I was like out of the door. Like <laughs> you mentioned the word fat and I was like, get that thing out of here because it was not easy. Like I'm, I wasn't an advocate of that at all. So it was a really hard at the beginning. So what I also did, just like you did, I started with a sort of paleo-ish, sort of paleo-like Yep. dietary then i went slightly more you know low carb a little stricter and then i gave it a shot with keto and then came intermittent fasting i mean nowadays it, once you become fully fat adapted it's a lot easier because you you gained what people call this sort of metabolic flexibility where your body is now able to utilize both glucose and ketones as an energy source yes and that's really yeah, and the other thing too, like with intermittent fasting too, I hear a lot, well, what about my muscles? Am I going to lose my muscle mass? Mm -hmm. And like people don't understand that whenever you do intermittent fasting, it actually releases a hormone called the human growth hormone. And it will actually spare your muscle mass. But BCAAs are also a good option, branched chain amino acids to help with the muscle. Like it tells your body, hey, go burn my fat, not my muscle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. So that's, I love intermittent fasting for that reason. <laughs> oh, who wouldn't? Like, you get so much more time. Like, it's incredible. And, mm -hmm. you know, before we move on, there's been really great research highlighting that ketones themselves are actually pretty muscle sparing. You know, yes, like, they are. Many people don't realize that. Uh, but it's really interesting, you know, from a time efficiency, because there's a lot of busy individuals out there. You know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of busy people, busy parents, you know, whatever. And I think intermittent fasting can be really helpful in that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have come to experience that in a way, because I believe in your, you know, in your house or uh, when you're out, it's, it can be really stressful. And then having to focus on like, oh, I gotta eat, I gotta eat, I gotta eat, it can be hard. Yeah, you know what, funny you said that, because I actually experienced that this week. And my daughter got sick, like was really sick. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have time to eat because it was, she was sick every, about every 10 minutes. And I didn't have time to eat. She didn't want me to leave her side. And I was like, all right, well, um, looks like it's going to be an intermittent fasting day. <laughs> and it was just like, it was a, you know, it was easy. It was like, okay. And that's the day I didn't eat till 4 PM. Then she was okay. And I was like, all right, well, you know, sometimes that is the easiest option, especially once you're fat adapted too. Um, you can definitely do the intermittent fasting. It'll save you time. You can, you know, if you have a sick child, it's really good. If you're on the go, even traveling, just make sure you take water with you and have your electrolytes. Um, because I know like airport food, can, that's where we can mess up at, especially on the airplanes. We can actually overeat because we're bored. So that's where intermittent fasting, I think, is a really benefit too. 
So especially like traveling. Yeah, um, it's really it's really interesting because um, when I got started with that, I noticed that especially for people, you know, you don't have to eat if you don't feel hungry. Like right. It's it, we, we circle back to that idea of well, it's more of a mental thing. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say, well, speak of that, like I'm hungry now, my stomach's growling. <laughs> uh, oh boy, no. <laughs> yeah, I think. Have you uh, experienced that yourself with the clients that they're all like, um, "Maddie, I don't feel hungry." Like, is that is that a bad thing? Yes, I, and you know what? I do see that a good bit, and I already see like because they're in a deficit with their calories, they won't eat. And I'm like, listen, because you're in a deficit, you need to eat your calories in your amounted time zone. Like, okay, so if you're not hungry, don't eat. But maybe do an OMAD, like where it's a one meal a day and get all your calories and nutrients in that one meal. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Because I see a lot of people like going way under on their calories. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You have to eat. You have to get your body. You know, you have to refuel your body. You have to get nutrition in there, your vitamins, all that. And they won't, you know, so that's like a big struggle sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to force yourself to eat pretty much sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes because, you know, keto is sometimes very potent when it comes to that. Like, yeah. it's hard to really get your, your calories. And especially for people who are like really active and like really physically active. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you're focusing especially on muscle growth or if you want to enhance and somehow augment this muscle protein and protein synthesis process, then you got to eat. And yeah, it's, um, it's really important for people to understand that um, just because the do- guru does something doesn't mean you got to do it yourself. You exactly. Know? Like too many people think, Oh man, he's like doing one meal a day and he's doing like ice baths and all that stuff. Like I want to do that too. But then we come to the uh, thing about patience and commitment. Like, um, I believe, have you experienced that uh, the people say to you perhaps that they drop out too early or that they don't stick to keto or, or, or go into a cheat day, not because they were craving the food, but because um, they just thought to themselves, man, the journey is too long. Like, I'm not going to make it. And what, what would be some strategies you could implement for people to say, when the road, when this road, this goal seems too overwhelming, how do you combat that? How do you make sure you uh, find a way to stick to that in the long run? Because, again, it's a lifestyle, right? It is. But here's my... <laughs> You know, when you have Marshalls, you know, it's like a clothing store, mm-hmm. like five minutes at your doorstep, very close to our house. I let, like, I'll, I'll do like 10 pound goals and you're free to have any workout pants, any cute leggings or any cute shoes. <laughs> you know, that's what I say. Like set those small goals and keep that, keep that large goal in the distance, but don't focus on it. Mm-hmm. because set those small goals along the way, even though like I've already kind of got to my goal, I'm not going to quit. Like I try to do new things now. Like, so like I tried the carnivore diet. I mm-hmm. tried, then I did the intermittent fasting, obviously. So then I'll try switching up my meals. Like, you know, instead of my smoothie that I was doing where I wasn't, I was actually in a stall. I changed up to whole foods now. Does that make sense? Yes. Not so much like whey protein. I got rid of that. Yeah. And I'm adding in like leaner protein instead of the whey protein. So like the chicken and the fish or something like that. So, I mean, I like to experiment now, like, you know, like I try to change my focus on that type stuff and not so much that ultimate goal. My ultimate goal is to, you know, go to the beach and look nice. But my goal right now is to focus on maybe I don't know, pushing stronger in my workout next week or creating a new recipe that no one's ever thought of for keto. Mm. You know, that's what I do. And then if they want a cheat day, like don't go out there and do the carbs or stuff like that. You're going to get sick. Okay. And I usually tell people, yeah, go for it because I know what's going to happen. They're going to get sick and they're not going to cheat again. Yeah. And, And they're just people. I mean, even us adults are just like kids. We, we don't really learn something just by someone sitting here talking to us. We actually learn by doing it ourselves. We learn from our actions and our mistakes. 
So that's why I'll tell people, yeah, go for it. Go, go have a cheat meal. See what happens, you know, yeah, man, go ahead. Because <laughs> I've, I've dealt with it. I got massive migraines, nausea, bloating. Um, but if you're wanting something like that, I recommend like a grain-free option. But your best option is to make a homemade keto fat bomb, and it can be like a dessert fat bomb. There's plenty of keto cake options. There's keto bread. I make a keto French toast. You know, go for something like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's really cool. And what I like to tell people always is also perhaps consider a cheat meal instead of a cheat day. Yeah, a cheat meal. Just don't do the carbs. Don't do the grains. Yeah, exactly. Like many people tend to go too hard in that. And Maddie, do you, do you meal prep? Like, do you meal prep yourself? I don't. I, I just meal plan. Like, I will plan my, I'll lay in bed the night before. This is what I do at night. Like, I will go on my carb manager. And I'll plan everything that I'm going to eat the next day. So there's mm -hmm. no guessing on what I eat the next day. It's just I eat what's on my list and that's it. So I don't really meal prep because sometimes I just, I don't know. I don't like eating leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But then again, you keep yourself accountable every way, right? Because you it's, you it's, do. It's you no, it's nothing is random. Man, that food, fridge is full of food and <laughs> I need to eat it now. But no, I like to meal plan and just eat what's on my list there. So, yeah, because then nothing's random, and you don't, you don't, you don't get bored in the kitchen, and all of a sudden you got everything, you know. Exactly. Like I have a hard time eating the same meals every single day, so that's where I just plan it out the night before. But I mean, in all honesty, like I know what's in my refrigerator, so I know what kind of ingredients I have, and I usually try to make any meal that I do very simple, very quick, simple, tasty four ingredient tag meals. It's just easy. Does that make sense? So if I look at a recipe and it's got like 20 ingredients and about 10 different steps, I won't even cook it. I can, <laughs> it's like it's too much reading. <laughs> um, no, I'll go to another, um, I go on to another recipe and just find something very simple and easy. Now in the beginning of keto, I did find it easier to stick with if I made more creative options and they were longer recipes. Now I'm just like, yeah, screw it. Let's just make some easy recipes. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, after a while, you gotta become so much intuitive with your food and so much intuitive with your body as well that you know. Uh, yeah. it's perhaps just like you, you know, you don't rely so much on the recipes, but you come up with recipes out of the sun. I do. I come up with recipes out of my head. I do. Like tonight, we're having a um, a bacon cream sauce over salmon. Wow. <laughs> so that's what we're having tonight, <laughs> and I'm I don't even know the recipe yet. I'm. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's the cool thing. And that's what makes it, in my opinion, so exciting. You it know, does. Get to discover. Like, man, experiment with what you've got. Yeah, like last night I had a couple different things left and I tried to make a cheesecake. With the ingredients that I had left in my macros, and it turned out like a, let's just say, an egg with your erythritol in it. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't taste good. I mean, you know what I love? Don't turn out good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But, but let me tell you, eggs are so versatile. Like it's crazy. What I always like to do every now and then, uh, I like to. Uh, it's a little treat, you know. I like to do some keto-friendly pancakes. Oh, and it's yes. so easy. Like eggs, you can use eggs for literally either just some regular breakfast or for pancakes, like keto muffins. It's really great. I haven't yet to try, but I am going to try this. An egg, and you just mix in like mozzarella or cheddar cheese. And I think it would bind the cheese better. And you could do like a cheese taco or even like a pizza shell mm. instead mm. of the almond flour and all that. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to try that. But I do know there is a recipe for it's stevia, egg, and cream cheese, which makes a really good pancake. Yeah, and you you know, uh, depending on how active you are, you can add a little bit of blueberries in that, or a little bit of cocoa powder to it, and then you're yeah, all set. I even do like yeah, you can even do like a strawberry reduction with your erythritol, mm. and you can even mix it with some cream too to make it like creamier. But you can do a crepe. I think that's how you say them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. So those are, those like that makes a really good crepe because it's like a paper thin pancake mm. anyway. And then you can add something to it. Like I, I've seen, it's really crazy. I've seen many people throw some spinach in that, and I'm wondering, oh, yeah. Maddie, do you 
do like liquid foods? Like, do you do like smoothies and stuff, or do you prefer smoothies? Like I have, but it includes the whey protein, and I'm not. Mm. I'm having. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out whey protein. Oh yeah, you know what I tried recently? Something that's really great. Avocados too go really well with smoothies. Believe it or not. That's a really good one. And you know what else I found at Marshall's? I found a peanut butter protein powder. And it was like one net carb. And it was 10 grams of protein. And it was just collagen. It had collagen in it, peanuts, and salt. So I'm really curious. That might actually be something else other than whey, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I've done smoothies in the past where they're almond butter, whey protein. And instead of adding ice, I do frozen veggies to my smoothies. Oh, really? Nutrients. Yeah. I do small flour. Um, I still want to try zucchini one day because it's like virtually tasteless, but it would add some more nutrients to your smoothie. But as long as they're frozen veggies, just pop them in frozen instead of ice and it adds more nutrients to your smoothies. Well, that's great. And yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'm going to try that out, Maddie. Like you're coming up with all these ideas. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, tell me, Maddie, you know, to uh, tell me a little bit to uh, close up the, uh, the podcast. We always like to ask our guests uh, three final questions. You know, it's mm -hmm. like, a, on, on like a personal level, but don't, don't get discouraged in any way. You know, we know that you... Um, have to deal a lot with, uh, or not deal a lot, but you, you, you get to be a lot with your kids and you get to be a lot uh, um, with your family and you also help a lot of people who are in this field to, uh, to make sure that keto is as practical uh, as the lifestyle as it can be because then again, it's, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And perhaps, what does is, what is your morning routine look like? Like, how is it in the household, the, the Maddie household and keto and how do you manage your mornings every single day? Well, I actually did a YouTube video on this. <laughs> uh, you guys could go check out my YouTube channel too. It's just, I think it's Maddie Conklin. But, um, it's going to be in the show notes, guys. It's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Everything is going to be in the show notes. <laughs> so, um, the, let me think here. Wake up in the morning and it's not a pretty sight. And I work my way down the steps and hope the kids do not wake up. <laughs> I mean, you're like crossing your fingers, holding your breath this whole time. Um, the one thing I do like to do, which boosts a, a woman's confidence, men, okay, if you do it, then that's your opinion, um, is put on some makeup. Get yourself dressed even before a workout. So get yourself dressed. I wake up early to get my workouts done before the kids wake up and nine times out of 10, they are awake. Um, <laughs> so, uh, put your makeup on, get your hair fixed. Then I go and take a nice pre-workout. Um, and I will get my electrolytes. My newfound electrolyte drink has been water, pink Himalayan salt, lemon juice, and cream of tartar. That has been my newest found electrolyte drink that I've been using. Um, you get calcium from the lemon juice, you get potassium from the cream of tartar and sodium from the, um, from the pink Himalayan salt. So it's a really good, you know, I added in my water while I'm working out, do my workout and, and usually kids are sitting on me while I'm trying to do push-ups or planks. But mm. that is about my morning routine and I get myself dressed every morning. That's huge. You know, get yourself ready. Make yourself look nice because that's going to give you that confidence boost. Yeah, um, get yourself ready for the day, right? What, and you're done for the day. Well, I mean, you are hot and sweaty, but I do have a hack for that. <laughs> <laughs> a mom hack. Um, <laughs> my mom hack is to put on smelly lotion. Okay, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so interesting because... You get yourself ready for the day, for the entire day. You put yourself in the mindset of, okay, I'm going to get work done now. And I'm on it right yeah. now. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make sure I'm not as lazy. I wake up. I'm just, I'm out there. I'm doing that. That's really great. Yeah. And it, it's nice because especially having kids, you have time for them. Take them outside. You get your workout done. Um, then we have to take them to school and breakfast and clean the house and, you know, it's just, yeah, you're done for the day. It's, it's nice to be able to get up and just get your workout done. Wow. Yeah. 
And well, Maddie, you know, you're such a creative individual when it comes to recipes, but I'm going to really, I'm going to make it hard for you right now. Like if you had the chance to stick to only one more food for the rest of your life, it doesn't have to be keto, like just on a personal level, what would it be and why? One food? Yeah. Hmm. I'd have to say avocados at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Please. Who, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you could smash them up and, I don't know, <laughs> guacamole. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I like them. They're good. They're loaded with potassium, so you'll avoid those leg cramps at night. <laughs> you know, I, I like, I, they're good. But, I mean, for, honestly, to be able to survive, I think I would choose eggs. Yeah, like, love that you talk about that because eggs are, so many people are afraid of eggs, right? They are. It's crazy. Like, Mm -hmm. what we tend to forget is that eggs are so nutritious. It's like, uh, especially the egg yolk, which, uh, did you eat egg yolks before? Like, I personally, I hated them because I thought I'm going to die. I wasn't an egg fan at all. And now I... I, I never liked boiled eggs, and now I will eat boiled eggs like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it, it's crazy how your taste buds change on keto, too. So that's the other thing. Yeah, like, do you, do you like, uh, have you, do you mean taste buds in a way that you don't crave as much sweet? Or no. You- like, I want different, like, the foods that I hated before keto, I love them now. Like, avocados were one that mm-hmm. I did not like, and eggs. Um, steak, I'm still so-so with it. I'm not a big steak fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ground beef, that's like, but no. Eggs and avocados were two foods that I did not like, and medium, like, not crispy bacon, but like that kind of had a little bit yeah, of... I see. Like, just a steam. I didn't like that. Now I love it. Like, I can't get <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Like, it's so... It's crazy, and it's really important because then you you tend to uh, switch your body. You give your body now the ability to recalibrate the hormones, you know, because mm-hmm. you've been bombarding, you know, eating five, six, seven times a day, bombarding uh, your uh, your body with, like, high-carbohydrate meals. And then now you give your body some time to, you know, calm down and bring your homo- hormones into balance. And all right. of a sudden, wow, cravings are gone. Interesting. Like, have you? Yeah, that, that's crazy. Like, I noticed whenever I started craving fat, like I was craving bacon. Actually, it was like, oh, I'm in ketosis. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, better go check those ketones now. But that's kind of how I knew it was like, oh, this is working. You know, or right. you go and get that, see a piece of cake, and it doesn't bother you, or the bread at the table you know, when the server comes. And that's the other thing too. Like I just tell that waitress, don't bring the bread, mm-hmm. you know, but usually it doesn't bother me. It's like, oh, okay, it's bread. Okay, just give me the butter. I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, it's not like you get rid of cravings. It's like you switch the cravings, right? It's like Yeah, you, you, that's how it is. Like I just, it, you switch them. It's weird. Yeah, it's it's yeah. weird, but it's also fantastic because then you, you get the ability to stick to healthy versions like avocado, like we always talked about. I think our listeners are going to go out of the podcast and say like, well, I think I'm going to join the avocado family as well because... Yeah, if you guys need to know how to cut an avocado, just message me. Yeah. <laughs> you should get a tutorial on that. Yeah, like, God, avocados, man. <laughs> so great. Love them. Well, Maddie, as a final question, you know, you've gone through such an amazing journey, like seeing you now thriving and inspiring people out there, coming up with all of these recipes. It's great to see you really shine. And now, but now let's say you could back, you could go back the years before and see yourself as a younger version. What would be like one piece of advice you could share? And what would be like something that you would give yourself that really would contribute to the future development? I think the biggest thing is if I could honestly, I'll write a letter to myself and say, you can do this and you did do this. So stop making the excuses. And, you know, it was just like, once you start making those excuses, that's whenever you tend to fail. 
stop being so negative with yourself. You got to wake up and tell yourself every day that you can do this. And, you know, I used to be the one who go went and got, went eight after 10 pounds or I lost my motivation and the discipline never kicked in or just see what happens and stop. Mm-hmm. The other thing you could tell yourself too is like, stop wanting instant gratification because that was huge for me. I wanted that instant weight loss overnight and it's not going to happen. It took now, you a magic pill, right? Huh? Like there's no magic pill, there's right? There's no magic pill. No, I don't care how many companies out there try to sell you magic pills. There's no magic pills. You got to do the work. Um, is it hard? Is it going to be hard? Yes. Is it going to make you a better person? Absolutely. Is it going to be worth it? Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Wow. Love that. Really love that quote with you. And I think, I think we're going to close that with that and give people something to think because it's really important to say, I want that. I have that ambition, but then your action has to match your actions have to match that, you know? Mm-hmm. So great to see that. Maddie, if our listeners want to connect with you, um, where, where can people find you? Like where's the best queen, place to find you? IG on queen keto mom. Queen keto mom. Guys, you heard it. IG queen keto mom. It's going to be in the show notes for you guys to check out. Um, Guys, thank you a lot for tuning in. Uh, if you like this, if you like this content, make sure to share that with a good friend who's very active. And um, yeah, leave us a review. Make sure to connect with Maddie on IG as Queen Keto Mom. And we're looking forward to connect with you in the next podcast on our next episode. So Maddie, thank you a lot for being on the show. Really, thanks for having me. Well, Maddie, thank you a lot. See you then the next time. I think, to be honest, I think our, our listeners are going to love the second episode with you. To be fair. Uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Uh, but as for now, thank you so much for tuning in. And see you in the next one, guys. Well, friends, that's it for this week's episode of the Keto Heroes Podcast. Hopefully, you were entertained and hopefully you could pick up a lot of value from it. Thank you one more time for tuning in. And don't forget to check out the show notes to connect with this week's guest.